I don't know how to describe it other than like like a demon type of sound. But it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half feet wide, 13 to 14 foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than 40 years, William Jevning. Welcome to Creek Devil. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Creek Devil. Tom, would you like to introduce our guest today? Absolutely. It'd be a pleasure. This is Don. Don, you're a member of the Navajo Nation. And you and I talked a couple days ago, and you had some very interesting sightings and experiences uh, with what we call Creek Devil or Bigfoot. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hand the mic to you and fill us in. What's going on? Tell us about the sightings and some of the things going on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name's, uh, my full name is Donovan Yalzi. Uh, I come from an area called Monument Valley. It's right on the Utah-Arizona border. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from around that whole area and our whole life, we always had weird encounters that we could never really explain. So, you know, growing up, we're told not to whistle at night. We're, uh, we're spanked if we are outside playing, but you know, a lot of the older we got, the older ones started leaving and, some of the stuff started, uh, you know, the activity started kind of going away. But uh, let's see here. My first time seeing Bigfoot, and I was 18 years old. This was probably like 2008, 2007. I think I was 18. And, uh, you know, like a lot of us as kids, we, we were kind of rowdy. We didn't really listen. A little rebellious, so like about seven of my family members we got together and I had an uncle that came back. He's a miner out there in Northern uh, Nevada. He came back and he had this, he had this big flashlight and he's like, I want to see something tonight. I want to see something tonight. Cause we have a, I have a, I have more stories of skinwalkers. You know, we grew up with them and you know, the, the windows trying to open, you know, the scratching on the window slapping on the trailer, you know, jiggling on the doorknob, running on the roof, you know, the foul smell, and uh, you hear uh, a man or man and a female chanting outside, you know, they're doing their death chants, so the skinwalkers, so we always had to worry about that every day, we had to be locked inside, and we, we were armed, but that was our last resort, and if the if the men were home, they would uh, bust out the guns. <laughs> they would start shooting. But uh, when it was just us kids, we would resort to prayer. But, um, yeah, he uh, he came. He was raised off the reservation. So I was like, all right, then. Be careful what you wish for. Might just come true. He just laughed. I was like, okay. And we all, we left around 12 o'clock at night. And, like, about... 40 minutes into the hike, I got to I gotta get more pictures for you guys and send it every exact location. Yeah, you have to get, only way you get there is by four by, four by four. So this was like about 
three miles out of the community of Helchita, Utah. This is by Mexican Hat, Utah, right on the San Juan River, just right mm-hmm. off the river. So that river comes all the way from the San Juan Mountains over there in Colorado. So it comes all the way down. So it's like a highway once you take it. And um, we're right around the Bears Ears area, too. It's pretty nice, beautiful country. It's really rugged. There's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, excuse me. I'm I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Don't mind me. No, you're, you're, Don, you're doing fantastic. I want to oh, say... Yeah, I never... Uh, really, uh, well, you're amongst friends here, so... <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, never never really shared, a, shared this, like, out there with anybody. So, like, with a with a huge audience like you guys, only only shared this story like around campfire. Only when I felt like I wanted right. to. Yeah. Other than that, I like to listen to everyone's stories. Well, so, virtually right now uh, we've got a campfire going. You're you're uh, you're one of the guys in the campfire, uh, and we talked a little bit right. about the terrain there. That absolutely how stunning it is. And the hiding places for these creatures. So, um, everywhere. Uh-huh. Tell us about maybe one of your first sightings that you had. We'd be interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I'm leading you guys into it. I just got a little nervous right now. <laughs> so, all right. So, 45 minutes into it, um, we're going down this trail that I run down. And we started hearing this weird, uh, a weird growl, like uh, nothing that I cannot copy it, nor did, did I hear anything like that living uh, replicate that noise, that growl, that weird, uh, it sounded like a, a humming, but a growl, but a breathing at the same time. It was, it was strange, and we looked over to our left, and about 100 yards, there's a, little, there's a hill and we saw a, like a yellow, like a gold eye shine, yellow eye shine. And it was still growling at us. And it started pacing back and forth, a little bit walking. And then at first I was like, oh, probably a bobcat cougar. And everyone, uh, they're just standing there. Like, well, I'll go look up. I'll go check it out. You know, this is my backyard, you know. Only thing I worry about is donkeys <laughs> if they run after you. So I just walking up there and within instantly I was just staring at it, getting closer, say about seventy yards in. I was just talking to myself, I was just like, All right, it's not a it's not a man because I can I can see uh, the silhouette. You know, my uncle's flashlight was pretty it was pretty bright at the time. And I was getting closer, and uh, everything was just throwing, getting thrown out my mind, like that I understood. Things that I understood, it was slowly going out as it's not a man, but I, I can see a head, you know, I see shoulders. And then I was like, it's not a skinwalker, because skinwalker, you know, I've seen it before. Their eyes don't don't reflect the light because it's men's eyes underneath that skin so and as I got closer within 50 yards and I just I noticed that his eyes was was huge and it was like 
it was it was further apart than average, you know, comparing it to a man. And I noticed that it had no neck. You know, its head was pointy, and its uh, shoulders were huge. It was wide, and then it, I realized that it was it was fur. It was red. It matched with the sand in the area, and uh, and it stopped pasting. And it was looking right at me, and and it started doing a a weird another weird growl, like another low pitched creepy growl and it was staring right at me and I stopped and I was like what am I looking at you know what is this it's not a another language you call yenadloshi I was like it's not a yenadloshi it's not a man you know its eyes is reflecting back this is a huge person because it was standing like kind of on the other side of the hill but I can see its torso and I was just realizing proportions of it it was it was not right. And it started, uh, as it was still growling, everything I was still in my mind was running, you know, just running. I was just looking at it. I stopped. And it looked like it was, uh, it was swaying back and forth. And for some reason, I don't know, it just sound like a female, maybe. Like a, I don't know, it was just weird. I was just standing there. And then it slowly backed away. It was taking steps backwards because I can tell from the flashlight, the, the light that it cast on it, on its torso, went to his chest, then the light, like, to his, uh, to his head and his eyes. I can barely see it. And it was looking at it still, then it was gone. So they're like, what is it? You know, my family, what is it? And I turned around. And I just had my head down. I was walking, you know, walking back towards the light. And I was like, what am I going to tell these guys? You know, I'm like, what am I going to say? You know, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> like, I've never seen anything like this. And I was just, as I got there, they said, what is that? I just told them, I'm not sure. It has yellow eye shine. And... The closest thing that I can think of the growling would be a bobcat, you know. That's the only thing I told them. Well, probably a bobcat. I'm not sure. And I told them, let's keep going. <laughs> and we kept going. <clears throat> so there's a lot of washes. If you look on Google Maps, all these washes drain out into creeks from the highland, Black Mesa, Chuska Mountains. You know, they all drain. It's like a huge drain system. So it's like a, a labyrinth, like a maze. It crisscrosses. So it drains all into the San Juan from there. So we're walking along in there, and we started uh, going back towards the little community of Halchita. The whole entire time, I was just thinking about it. And for some reason, like, I had a, I had a feeling like I was in the wild, and like whatever I seen, I feel like that thing's up on up on the uh, little mesas, you know, along the cliffs, following us. And then now and then be like little pebbles falling down on us because we're inside the creek. Some parts are really tight. So the people are like, hey, do we? Uh, or my cousins are like, um, did a lot of people come back here? I told them no, just wild dogs. But all the wild dogs started dying off for some reason here. So. We got within four miles of the community of Halchita, 
and um my little uh my little cousin he was uh 14 at the time he was a little naughty guy he got within 60 yards with us from me i was in the front and i looked down you know just looking at the rocks because i had a flashlight but wasn't that strong as my uncle's and i looked up and i see my my little cousin running back towards me I shined the light at him. He was reaching out with both hands. He was running. He was pretty fast too. He 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 went and hugged me. He ran to me. He went and grabbed me. And he said that uh, the skinwalker was trying to take him. I was like, "What do you mean?" He was he was shaking. You know, he was like a little naughty kid. You know, I never seen him act like that. I never seen him since act like that before. He he was, uh, he was holding me. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What does it look like? What does it look like? I asked him, he said, a huge red orangutan walking on all fours down the road towards him was reaching out, going to snatch him. And he turned around and he just ran back towards us. He got ahead of us like 60 yards, probably even more than 60 yards. It was pretty dark too, but we're on so the road. So he was terrified, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, my cousin that's a year younger than me, his name, his name was Adrian, and and his nickname was uh, wait, no, I'm not gonna share his nickname with y'all, but I told him I was like Adrian, let's go. We ran, we we went flying the, up that road, and we kept running, and then we just all we ran into was a was a smell. It was it was a familiar smell because uh, growing up. We know that when we smell like a like a death and you know like the foul smell, you know it's either uh, they say the skinwalker because uh, they practice cannibalism in their magical rituals, you know, to gain power. So they go up and you know take dead bodies out of the grave. So that's one of the stories. Then the other one saying that you know. You know, just basically the boogeyman. So we have like a, our language is called Yeito in our language. So it's basically uh, a big man, the big man. I guess he's the boogeyman at night. If you whistle, he'll come. He'll come and take the the bad kids, or he'll come and take the whole family. Depending on how, how and where, I guess we have like a lot of stories on the reservation. Different. Different corners of the reservation have different stories with him. Some are good, some aren't good, and some are just plain, plain bizarre. You know. Well, let me ask you case. this. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but in the reservation, oh, no, so so you share stories back and forth, right? And do some of the stories yeah. kind of correspond with each other? In other words, yeah, I heard that yeah. too. That's the same thing I experienced. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that smell, you know, going back to that smell, it just, it just stopped us from running full speed. Um, I started gagging, and he started covering his mouth, and he started gagging. And the uh, community lights of uh, Halchita was kind of blinding, casting light over it, kind of like the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, light pollution? Oh, yeah, photon pollution, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were just approaching the uh, community, and we couldn't see anything. 
And now to this day, when I go back to visit my uncle, they just, uh, people, locals there uh, saying that they just see a huge, uh, huge eyes as tall as in the uh, street signs, the stop signs there. I guess the eye probably, like, they say you see eyes about two feet higher than that stop sign. You know, I got to, I got to go measure it out next time I get there. And then they hear whistling at night. And then something's huge running on the roof, rooftop to rooftop, digging in the trash cans and some dogs missing. Now, that's going on right now out in the community of Halchita. Don, let me ask about yes. the dogs missing because that's something we've run into. Actually, um, we have we have somebody up in upstate New York who has a similar situation. Do you ever hear uh, something taking the dogs? Do you ever hear the dogs, I hate to say it, but being dispatched, being killed, or do they just vanish? Oh, yeah. Uh, you just you just hear uh, right now in the community of um, Kaibato right now, you hear like a, like a huge battle going on. Then after the battle, you hear one, <laughs> like a one dog cry out, and then the rest are are hiding and it's just quiet. So uh, there's like a lot of uh, dead horses, you know, just bone carcasses because I go walking with my son and my German shepherd. Yeah, so we just we just see a bunch of uh, dead livestock up on the creek, dead dogs. Okay, so you get the dead animals, but you also hear them being yeah. dispatched, being killed by these creatures. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got my, I have a night vision, but my wife saying that I can't go without a gun. I can't go without two people with guns. <laughs> so I'm pretty stuck inside the house. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, that was my that was my first encounter up in um Halchita, Utah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, can I ask a question here? Um, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Some, uh, uh, this was actually in Utah then. Yeah, southeastern Utah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. San Juan um, County. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with it. I actually went to my first university was in Utah and uh I we did our archaeological field school down in uh, the Four Corners region. Um but yeah, I'm I'm real familiar with that area when you said Mexican hat and such and that is very rugged down there. Extremely yeah. rugged. Exactly. There's a, a lot of hiding places like the locals. Uh, we say that uh, we're second place hiding seek champions, and you all know who's <laughs> first place. <laughs> yeah, so that was a that was a pretty uh wild wild encounter. Yeah, it, uh, I didn't really think of it until like uh, probably my my late twenties. I started like, okay, what did I really see? Because I can't really explain that. You know, there's just some the other ones I can explain, like seeing a seeing a witch, you know, like a, a shapeshifter. We call him a yenadloshi. You know, I've seen that before, and I can. It's just a little different. You know, some people seeing them in different forms. I guess like the person that that what they want to change into, they'll change into, but maybe it'll look a little horrible with human in that male proportions yeah and um 
yeah, like uh, I was like 18, so I, I wasn't really scared at the time. But um, you know, I was just used to it growing up. And like um, the first time I actually seen the um, do I just tell about Bigfoot? You guys want to hear about uh, Skinwalker too? Oh, this is this is your show. Um, oh, yeah. Whatever you want to talk about. I did have a quick question right. for you. you. Yeah, you triggered something with me when you first saw the the uh, eye shine. You said you were concerned that it might be donkeys. I think I know where you're going with this, but tell oh, us no, what the no. concern I mean, like, is with I the mean, donkeys. Like, uh, I mean, like um, when the when you go running, hiking, it's just donkeys. Their their eye shine is a uh, teal, teal blue, kind of in a way like a teal. For uh, yeah, yeah, and then um, the but the they goal, can kick, right? Yeah, they can kick, they can bite, but uh, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. But they'll they'll uh, make the noise, let you know that they're there. Say, hey, I'm right here. Don't don't bother me. But yeah, that's all. I just you know, had a goal. question. If that's oh, what yeah. the concern was, so you don't I, get kicked by one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I used to I used to run run through there at night to the same area. Like I was saying, it's my backyard. I was able to run on that road when there was no moon. And I run right up next to a donkey one time. And I don't know if he was sleepy or he just, you know, he didn't bother me. As soon as I passed him, he started doing his uh, little donkey call. <laughs> and then I was like, I thought I'd seen something dark right by the road. I just kind of ran the other on the other side so I could make room. When I passed, I realized it was a donkey. But but it's not safe, though. It's not recommended running at night when there's no light on. But you know, it was my backyard. I, didn't really, I wasn't really afraid of anything, not since I was a kid. You know, you know like, um, my family, our history is pretty, it's not, it's not a nice history. <laughs> It's a it's a pretty sad history because my grandparents they were medicine men and women you know they were really good at their craft I would say they by day you know they would bless people and then by night they would shapeshift and go back and you know hurt them so they would come back to them and then give them whatever you know they were then in between there you know they would make their own moonshine. And they were bootleg too, and they were alcoholics on the side, you know. So it was just like a, like a pattern for my great grandparents. And then until they met this one, uh, this one white man out in Kianta, Arizona, you know. So it happens that they're going there to to the trading post to get what they need, you know, riding riding a on a wagon from uh, northern Monument Valley area to Kianta. It was like a two day journey. But um, they would make it there with their kids. And then they ran into a, a white man speaking perfect, you know, Danan language, you know, our language, you know, sharing the gospel. And from there, you know, they never heard anything like that, you know, like you can be reborn, forgiven. So they changed their whole life around. And they had like about, I think it was like 14 kids, 12 kids. So once they changed their life around, you know, they built a church and the whole family my family, we come from a, an area 12 miles north of Miami Valley called Douglas Mesa. And, you know, like my clan 
comes from up there around there. Uh, we're the Yucca clan. So we have four clans. We're maternal society. So that's where my my mom's clan comes from, is that area. And there so happens that they're one of the top medicine men and top medicine women in the country or the whole reservation. So they have another society within societies. We're really uh, secretive and closed off to anybody that's not Diné. And then, like, if we speak out, like like me right now, sharing the story with you, is uh, people shun it. They say, no, don't do that. You know, if you share if you share this, this will happen, this and that. But, you know, I, I say that we have every right, you know, to share the story. We have every right to expose darkness, you know, because it's, they're just using their own fear, your own fear against you. Because then it goes back to magic and dark magic. And it's pretty, it's pretty gruesome history, you know. Well, I appreciate I really do. I yeah. think all of us appreciate the fact that you're kind of stepping out and uh, sharing this with us. Um, so, I you know I just want to thank you for that. Um, and you're—I didn't mean to cut you off, but it sounds like you're uh, getting ready to talk about another yeah. uh, encounter you had with uh, with one of these. And yeah. you don't call them Sasquatch. I apologize. You and I—what is the uh, the common word that you use to describe a Bigfoot? Oh, uh, we we call them a yeito. That's interesting. Ye-i-to. Very almost okay. sounds like yeti, huh? Yeah, it does. It, it sure does. Yeah, yeah, just a little different yeti, but we call it so. So means for big. So yeti is like for more of an ancient term, you know. It's just like um, it's just always been there, you know, from the beginning. Because like, if you go back to our history, our cultural history. I hear you guys as a podcast, you know, you guys like Native American cultural, uh, you know, history about it between us and him. You know, this is a little bit of us, but nowadays people call it Navajo mythology. But if you really research it, you know, it's pretty, it could be real, you know, because back in the day, there wasn't many um, Navajo people. There wasn't, there wasn't anything that people at the time, there was just a few tribes here in these in this country, in this land. So whenever a female would give birth, they said the the monsters would come because they can smell when a female gives birth. So he would come and eat the babies right away. Every woman that gave birth until finally, this lady, she gave birth to twins, you know, she raised them up and then they, they they had some help. And then they went and destroyed almost all of them. So it goes all the way back to that, to that, uh, that being. They they didn't kill them off. They they had pity for him, you know. They let them live. And we just had an agreement, you know, that we 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 can kill you off if we really hunt you. And we had extra a lot of help. So if you like research the uh, Navajo mythology, like this is that the son gave us the weapon, you know, the father. So it's like if you really look at it as, as science science fiction just sounds like a science fiction weapon <laughs> that was given to us. So like our so they were called the twin warriors and so they buried those weapons underneath the San Juan River. So it's like a San Juan River is pretty sacred too. Yeah. Um any questions? Do you have a long 
don't you have a you have a long-standing history then uh in your the Danehe uh uh mythology i uh, we realize it's uh, there's more truth than uh fiction to the the mythology that white people refer to it as so uh you you're amongst friends here um but the history goes back far through your your uh your history of your uh, the Danehe people correct yeah our uh, our history is an oral history so so like a lot of times, like the older ones say that the Bible is true, you know, because we, like a lot of our mythology, our stories that are passed down are just basically almost the same thing as the Bible. You know, similarly, we had uh, we had people that had six fingered, you know, an extra digit on each hand, extra toe on each foot, you know, just like not natural looking beings, you know, and and it gets uh the history on it on that part it gets it gets pretty heated topic debate within our our other surrounding tribes our other brother and sister tribes you know we're we're alike but we're not really alike because a lot of their history is uh a little bit uh different from us and it causes a lot of controversy so there's not, that's why you don't really have much of a Diné people talk, you know, or speak out because we don't really want to, you know, get other people upset. You know, we just like a lot of, yeah, it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of people that would get them upset because it all goes back to Anasazis, what they were doing, you know, how bring about the destruction of their society. You know, they were doing they're doing pretty uh, crazy things. And one of the stories that we had was while they were in the kivas in the cliffs, they were doing um, black magic. And they opened the portal. And then one of those beings, they described probably like a Bigfoot-like, came out and started eating, destroying their whole ancient society. Then uh, at the same time, you know, I keep bothering my grandpa because we had foot cliff dwellings around us. What happened to them? What happened to them? He wouldn't tell me until like a year later. He said that, uh, he said that God, you know, he told us that we shouldn't live like that inside of caves. And it's not right for man to be there because if he goes, lives in the caves like that, he's going to start doing things that is not natural. So they started uh, kidnapping uh, the neck kids up in there and started sacrificing them and doing the, uh, they would mix the, you know, like the Aztec, they would, they call it, they had a sacred ceremony called man corn. So instead of beef, they would make the tamales with human meat and corn. So they would use that for their sacred rituals because the human, human meat, the human blood was so sacred. So, so I guess they, well, he told me that, oh yeah, go ahead. Your ancient, the Anasazi uh, uh, guys are referred to the ancient, uh, uh, what they're referred to as the ancient ones, because the Anasazi is what he's talking about. And I think what mm-hmm. you're referring to is when they had an, uh, the Aztecs actually came up, and uh, Tom, you and I have talked yeah. about this. Aztecs actually came in, and uh, uh, they have proof down in Chaco Canyon mm-hmm. that, uh, that there yeah. was uh, cannibalism going on, and, and they 
the Aztecs are the ones that invaded the area and started affecting the, the cultural uh, aspects of the Anasazi and the uh, people that were living in that area. And Taking so, slaves, that's, yeah. That's what, yeah, yes, that's what he's referring to. Yeah, so like a lot yeah. of the stories that goes back to that. Yeah. What were you going to say, Tom? No, I was going to say, yeah, that was, we've, we talked about that, and that's the high cliff dwelling, so you could see way off in the distance. Here they come, time to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and I think quiet. I told you, I, act, I actually, <laughs> I actually uh, took my daughter up there to make some verde, and uh, you can appreciate this. Uh, I, I had asked them because they were going on, oh, they were just all happy. And I'm like, why in the world would people that used to live up on top of the mesas all of a sudden decide that they were going to uh, close themselves up, close themselves up into caves. And uh, that does not represent a, a happy living to me. They were afraid of something because they still had lookout yeah. posts on, on top of the mesas where they were, they were watching for those uh, Mexican uh, Indians that were coming up from the South uh, that were coming in there to enslave them and cannibalize them is exactly what they were watching for. And, and, you know, as well as I do, that the, the Anasazi culture just finally disappeared. I mean, they just flat, they just, you know, disappeared from the areas that they were in. So yeah. um, it, it's really a very sad, sad situation. Wonderful culture that was basically, uh, uh, I'm not going to say destroyed, but it became incorporated into uh, other uh, native tribes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was um, bugging him because I understood like just the basic of it, and he finally he finally opened up. He said that God said it's not right to be like that. They're they're sacrificing humans and you know using witchcraft. Then I guess he told me you know in his own words he said that the internet. The holy people, I guess, he said they flew down like on silver shields, like so shiny. They came down to our ancestors and told them, said, hey, um, they told them, they said, hey, go get, uh, go round them up. You know, go round them up. I'm giving this uh, land to you. You're going to take over. You're going to watch this. You know, don't, don't pervert Mother Earth. Don't be, you know, don't be doing things like what they're doing. You know, I'm I'm angry with them. So what he said was that our people were fed up with it too. You know, our kids being taken. So as our people started an offensive counter against them everywhere, you know, everywhere they were because they were uh, value because of trading. They used to trade with us. And, you know, as we went and, pursued them. I guess they said that they seen the, the UFO, you know, the shields come down and started beaming them up at the same time, the ones that were trying to run away. And he told me that, and then as I got older, I went over to a Weber Basin in Job Corps in Ogden, and I met this Paiute guy. And then he told me the same story. He confirmed me the same story. He said that his dad told him that they started doing witchcraft in the Kivas up in there and they started uh, using child sacrifice from uh, Navajo kids. You know, their meat, their their blood. And then he said that the Navajos got angry and started attacking them everywhere and started chasing them. It was an all-out all, all assault on the Anasazi. And he said that his dad, 
they survived by running to the Paiute, changing their identity, changing the way they dress and their culture just to be a part of the Paiute. You know, that's when he shared with me. So it was pretty, it was pretty out there, <laughs> I know, but, you know, like, there's a lot of mysteries that surround the Anasazis. So, like, some reason, you know, the teaching still survived into the, into the shape-shifting. You know, the Yanadloshi is what we say. Because in that society, you have to give your loved one the one you love on earth, and if they know which one, you know, I guess the spirits around, they know. They know who you love on this world the most. And once you give them up to them, then they initiate you and they show you the the final step where you shape shift, you fly and astral project, and they teach you all these spells, you know, all these spells and everything is all brought by chanting. You know, the life and death is at the power of the tongue. It's true. You know, for us, we're taught to pray, pray for good, pray for this, don't ever pray for bad. And then in that culture, the skinwalker culture is opposite, just day and night. So that, that teaching kind of carried on. And and um, that's the only way, like, a lot of them would, so like, a lot of them, some people actually didn't want to give their own loved ones. So that, that person that's teaching everything ends up placing placing a, a spell on that person. And so they go crazy and they die or they just lose their sight or they can't talk or they can't walk. You know, it's, it's pretty, it's real. You know, like a lot of, I really don't shake medicine men's hands because <laughs> You know, if you really think about it, you know, like let's say the best terms I can describe it to you, like the strugglings here between, you know, the medicine men, some some are some may be actually good, you know, some maybe, but some of them know they all know the light and the dark. So most of the time I'm not shaking their hand, you know, I'm just staying away from them. Like the best way I can describe it to you is like <laughs> In a weird way, it's like the Jedi Knights, you know, the Sith, then the the good side, the good guys. You know, there's a spirit, there's a force behind them, but that's a whole nother topic. So fast forward to 13 years old, I barely, uh, I barely reached manhood at the time. And I was, I was pretty, I was pretty tough boy. I was bullied a lot. I was jumped a lot in school, you know, picked on, so I wasn't afraid of anybody. And uh, the sun, the moon was out. My bad. The moon was out. It was probably like around ten o'clock. And um, we had to get something out from the truck. I went out with one of my uncles. He was four or five years older than me. He walked out in front of me. I walked out just to get some fresh air. And then um, I heard uh, my grandpa. He had a little old school single cab Chevy, and something heavy jumped off it. I heard the uh, springs make that noise, like weight came off it, and we both looked to our right, and we seen something coming down, about to land on the ground, but it stopped two feet, two feet above the ground, and I looked, 
and I noticed that its legs was like a coyote going up to its torso, its belly button. I started to see a human torso, and I saw rows and rows of turquoise and silver jewelry, fine jewelry on his, around his neck, a lot of them. And I saw his hands, saw uh, sterling silver and turquoise on all his fingers. And then his wrist, he had a lot of the bogard and a lot of silver and turquoise. Now I was making my way up with my eyes, and so I had um same thing, the earrings, you know, just like a lot of bling, you know. And he was he had a um on both around his arm, his armpit, he had a Navajo blanket on. And he had a coyote pelt on his head and he had a white face like a paint. Yeah, and he was just standing there. I was just looking at him, just like it didn't really register, I was just I was just like, what is this? You know, just for real. I felt like a dream in a weird way. I was just staring. And then I took a deep breath. And was, man, less than a split of a second, it just went, it just was gone down the road. And, yeah, that was the, one of the first times I actually seen, seen the skinwalker, like, Probably like 15 feet away from me. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty. Well, um, can, can I interrupt you just a second? I, I'm sorry. I I, I could talk skin. Uh, listen to you tell skinwalker tales all day long, uh, but uh, I, I I am curious about one thing. Was the uh, encounter that you had the first time with Bigfoot the only one that you ever had, or? Uh, uh, I know that you're, uh, the, the Navajo tribe has had a history uh, with them, that and the little people. So uh, uh, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just, I'm real uh, fascinated with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, fast forward. Um, I met my wife when I was like 28. So she comes from um, Navajo Mountain area. So if you Google it, it's a pretty, it's, it's magical, you know. It's like a dome mountain that raises up 10,644 feet. And it's pretty pretty much undiscovered. There's a lot of herbs. We go up there for medicine. And it's also, we're told to keep out of there. And we're supposed to pray before we enter there because there's a guardian there. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're really not open with why they always tell me not to go up there, but eventually I'm gonna go up there. <laughs> so there's this uh, spring that comes from the mountain right underneath the foot of the mountain, a nice beautiful spring, and up there. Wait, hold on, hold on. let me get. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So I met my wife. You know, she's from around there. You know, one summer night it was hot. We had the uh, door open. We had the window open. And, uh, sorry, my four-year-old. So, so we're just uh, relaxing. And out of nowhere, because there's a creek that just connects straight from the mountain to my uh, father-in-law's area. He has a little cabin. And, man, we're just relaxing, dozing off. And my wife and I, well, mainly me, we I heard, uh, you know, like the classic uh, Bigfoot yell. 
like uh, just just straight up when they're yelling. Uh, I'm not sure which which one where they just off in the distance you hear them like ah like. Yeah, like I want to ask you man. to describe that because I've heard it. Will's heard it. We uh, talk about it. It starts slow and it goes. And you know, yeah. you know, it's nothing yeah. else. Is that is that an accurate yeah. description? Yes, yes. I was laying there. All right, I was sitting there. Uh, I think we were playing Monopoly, and we. I just we. I just heard that, and I jumped up. Boom, and uh, I told. I just. I just. I think I. I think I kind of went in. Um, defense mode all about defense mode i looked at her i told her where's your dad's guns <laughs> i just heard i think i heard bigfoot yelling out there <clears throat> yelling outside i was like did you hear that and she's all like i don't think so i was, I was getting ready to roll i was like and i started uh, she pointed you know like where uh her dad has you know swords <laughs> nunchucks and i finally got to the 22 <laughs> I grabbed it. I loaded it. I looked at it. I was like, "This is nowhere big enough." Does he have a spear? Because <laughs> the the creek, <laughs> the creek and the mountain is just right there, probably like about sixty yards. So there's a uh, traffic that goes up in there. My father, my my father and my mother-in-law say that uh, the dogs every now and then the dogs they start hiding and they smell something really, really, really stinky going up and down the creek. They would hear uh, yelling still to this day up around there, but that was my that was my first time hit, uh, experiencing that yell. It just it just made me go back into the to the old days. <laughs> but that was the first time I ever heard you know the big guy yell and the echo and everything was just it was just pretty crazy. And um, three days, probably a week later. We went and visited my uncle, or not my uncle, my brother's, uh, my brother-in-law, he lives like about five miles up the road. This is right past the Utah border on that Navajo Mountain community. We went and visit him because we helped him out. He has no running water. So we have to go to, up to the foot of the mountain to the spring and get water for, you know, to wash our clothes, dishes, food, drink, you know, just what we need. Water is very precious as you all know. And um, I went over there, I knocked on this door. I was like, where's your barrels? You want to cruise this? Go up there. You know, let's go get some water. And he's just like, he was kind of standoffish, you know. He was looking down. He had his uh, shades on. He was all like, no, I'm not going to go. I don't, I, don't really, I don't feel like going today. I was like, why? What's wrong? And he's like, he looked at me and he's like, I've I, I seen, I seen something. <laughs> I seen something the other three days ago, and then um, I brought him outside. And I brought my wife, you know, it's her brother, and he started um, opening up to us. It took a while, and I just knew, you know, I just knew that he seen something that's gonna be, you know, pretty interesting. And sure enough, he finally told us that um, he went up there to get water. He went up there to get water with his barrels. He put one barrel underneath the spring, and I guess as he glanced over to his right, there's a waterfall. It's probably like about, let's see, 12 feet, 14 feet drop waterfall. So he looked over, and he said that he's seen a uh, huge 
carry arm like on the bottom of the waterfall, just swing its arm over where he can see. And yes, he's seen that first, and he's just like, "What is that? That's not right." He went back to his right. He got his phone. And he walked out towards there. And he got his uh, camera, his phone, and his camera ready. And he was looking at the waterfall, and he he looked across from the waterfall, probably like about thirty feet. And he noticed that there was a a jet black, huge Bigfoot, he said. It was well, unfortunately, we're going to have to stop the recording here for this episode, folks. Uh, the system stopped working. Don is coming back and doing another show, which will be episode 208. So stay tuned for that. So my apologies again for the system just kind of cutting out the way it did. But uh, thanks for stopping by, everyone, and hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, Don is going to be back for the next episode uh, to finish talking to us. He's got quite a bit more to tell. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then, keep your eyes open now.